Thank you for joining us for another episode of CryptoCurrent. Just one quick reminder. CryptoCurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the CryptoCurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other CryptoCurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes. everybody for cryptocurrent my name is steven miller and you're watching cryptocurrent live the show where we bring you a little bit of news from the world of crypto every single tuesday and friday here on cryptocurrents youtube channel and podcast hopefully you're joining me live if not i totally understand we normally come to you every single tuesday and friday at 7 p.m eastern this week we're a little bit behind but nonetheless we're going to bring you some of the latest news stories and a couple big coin calls that we have here for the week ahead um, so please do us a favor. If you have not already, make sure you're subscribed to us here on YouTube and following us wherever you get your podcasts. We bring you new content every Tuesday and uh, Friday again here at 7 p.m. Eastern, as well as new interviews on Mondays and Thursdays. So we've got a really jam-packed show ahead. Love to tell you a little bit about it. We're going to be talking about some of the biggest news stories that we've had here in crypto land. Um, as well as get into some of the bigger coins and projects that we think are worth watching this week. Um, again, do us a favor, make sure that you're subscribed, hit that like button, and we'll get right into it. All right. So for our first segment, we're doing buy, sell, or hodl. Buy, sell, or hodl. And on buy, sell, or hodl, every single week, we bring you three news stories or more where we get into whether or not we're buying that news, selling that news, or we're hodling on the news. It basically deciding whether or not it's a um, story that's worth buying or something that you know you need to hold off on for a little bit, let it develop. So our first story this week comes courtesy of Gary Gensler and the SEC. Um, over at the uh, Treasury office in the United States this week, Janet Yellen has decided to give full authority over stable coins to the SEC. So what does that mean? Basically, the SEC is going to be able to uh, view stable coins, whether that's USDC, USDT, true USD, um, magic internet money, or even um, XDAI by Maker as securities. So traditionally speaking, a security is something that has to actually fluctuate in value, but these stable coins are, as we know by name, stable. So why exactly would the SEC take custody of stablecoins? The easy answer is no reason. Frankly, stablecoins have no purview under the SEC based on a lot of different definitions. But in my opinion, I personally think this is just a matter of fact with our country wanting to basically protect the big banks and also have a golden runway towards 
their own CBDC, a central bank digital currency. So if the SEC can oversee stables, that means that they can also get rid of all the stables. So you have to be thinking about this bigger picture. And one of the things that I want to point out to you as well is that Gary Gensler this week is also in the media insisting on protecting DeFi investors. We are in cryptocurrency because we don't want necessarily to be ruled over in our financial decisions. That's quite frankly, a big reason why a lot of people are are in cryptocurrency to begin with. So nobody's asking for his protection, but this is his excuse for wanting to take on stablecoins. And if you've heard the news lately with Coinbase, how they got their big DeFi lending platform shut down, well, that was Gary and, at, and the SEC shutting it down because they were going to be able to reward stablecoin holders much higher rate of return annually than any of the banks can. So you have to, again, look at the big picture. That's not the only thing going on with the SEC this week. This week, there's a lot of insiders that are saying that the XRP suit will be crucial to the, like, the greater picture here in terms of how crypto is overseen. Um, and as it stands right now, a lot of these insiders are also saying that this suit could be over in very, very new, like near-term um, timelines. So all of this is to say, SEC, please just leave us the hell alone. All of this is getting really out of hand, in my opinion. I think the SEC and all of the other offices need to really get together and start to create a more comprehensive, holistic policy that leaves a lot of this alone. Because frankly, this is something that's wanted globally. The entire world has a want for cryptocurrencies, has a want for DeFi, has a want for NFTs. And it's being developed. The public is developing it. So frankly, SEC, please let me be. Let's get on to the next story. I am selling this all day long. Our next story today is all about the NFT hype. And right now, if you are in the crypto space and you're observing NFTs, it's no secret. The hype has been huge. And it's not going to stop. It will not stop. It can't be stopped. Just in the last week, there was two really, really massive sales that went on. We mentioned one of them to you um, in last week's episode on Tuesday, talking about Tyler Hobbs' new um, new collection called Incomplete Control. That collection went to auction um, for the golden tickets to participate this last Friday. And it was 100 tickets sold for $7 million. Can't tell me that that's not great bullish news for the NFT industry. I am over the moon about it. But the next big piece came um, courtesy of Jim McNellis, who is also known as Jimmy ETH um, over on Twitter. He sold at Sotheby's this past week. His one, I believe it's actually one of his gold board apes for $3.4 million at auction. Unreal news. So we're not, stop, we're not even going to stop there because Tom Brady, the quarterback of Buccaneers this past um in this past weekend's game through his 600th career touchdown. Big news for Tom Brady. Doesn't matter if you like him. Doesn't matter if you hate him. But he's going on live broadcasts joking about turning his historic 600th touchdown ball into an NFT via his platform, Autograph. So if you haven't heard of Autograph, it's well worth looking into. They're bringing a bunch of authenticated, um, high-profile athlete NFTs to market. But the bigger story behind that one is actually really, really clever. Um, the tight end for the Buccaneers who caught the pass 
actually gave the football away to, to the to an audience member at the game, not even knowing that it was it was Tom's 600th touchdown. So what ended up happening is the uh, the staff of the Buccaneers had to actually negotiate for the ball back. Of course, the fan gave the ball back, but not before like getting season tickets for the entire next season, um, a whole bunch of like Buccaneers swag, but also Tom Brady personally giving him a Bitcoin. So if you don't see this as bullish for NFTs, but you also don't see this as bullish for the overall industry, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you're you're here for the big news. We're giving it to you. You gotta stay tuned for this type of stuff. We will bring you these types of stories every single week. But third up this week in buy seller hodl, we're talking mass adoption. So if you are under a rock and you haven't been following the news in the last 48 hours, a big name just decided that it wanted to step into crypto. And that, of course, is MasterCard. MasterCard has has made the decision this past week to allow merchants and banks to integrate crypto services via um, a platform that we've already mentioned a number of times on the show for their partnerships with Google and even rolling out their own SPAC on the international, uh, not the international, wow, the New York Stock Exchange. Um, but they're basically partnering to allow merchants and banks to integrate crypto services. So now customers all over the world who use MasterCard will be able to buy, sell, and spend crypto as well as earn it via credit card rewards. I, I honestly can't get more excited about this. This is unheard of. The fact that they're going to be rolling this out to over 2.8 billion cards that are currently in circulation. And frankly, MasterCard already serves over 20,000 financial institutions to begin with. This level of exposure is what we talk about when we're talking about mass adoption. The idea that the entire world could theoretically be exposed to cryptocurrency or exposed to Bitcoin without even really knowing that they are. And that is mass adoption. It's the idea that everybody's using it even when they don't think they are. So this is a new level of exposure um, that people are going to benefit from in a really, really big way. So if you're a MasterCard user, do me a favor, hit us up in the comments. We want to know what you think about this because this is really, really big news in our opinion. Um, and for me, this is a huge reason to buy. This is me looking not only at uh, MasterCard stock, but also backed, who apparently pumped like 256% on this news. Um, that's wild. But again, to me, that's a big buy on MasterCard, a big buy on backed, and also, of course, a big buy on Bitcoin for usual. And our last stories this week that we want to get through are a couple of just little offshot stories. The first of which my, my normal producer, Chris, would kill me if I didn't mention. But Dish Network customers can now earn rewards for deploying their own Helium Network 5G node. This is unreal for Helium, um, Helium Network fans and Helium Nation users because basically an entirely new subset market is going to be able to deploy their own helium miner and start earning helium without even needing a traditional helium miner. They're just going to be able to roll it out through Dish's um, normal hardware. So really, really interesting stuff happening there. Then also we have the FDIC chair um, coming out advocating for banks to be able to hold Bitcoin, um, which is wild considering the fact that all of the banks have been so anti-cryptocurrency from the jump. But the FDIC backing this sentiment is going to allow banks 
likely in the very near term to start custodying Bitcoin, custodying all sorts of cryptocurrencies. Pretty cool stuff. Um, and then the last piece of big news on this week is that Senator Rand Paul, who is the representative out of Kentucky, just decided that he wanted to go on this little tirade in a uh, little uh, uh, news conference and comment to the press that he believes that there's a real shot that crypto could be the next global reserve currency. Now, if you're a uh, new follower of this channel, I will tell you that in the past, this is a sentiment that we've shared. Um, I personally believe that there's a really solid chance in the next 25 years that yes, the US dollar could very easily step out as the, as the global reserve currency. But I really think that Bitcoin has a shot at actually becoming the next global reserve currency. You know, we used to use the, the um, gold standard here in the US. And since, look at what, the, what our currency has done. It's completely over and, over and hyper inflated. Um, so there's some really interesting premises behind this. If you want to hear more about this in the future, again, do us a favor. Get to us in the comments. Hit us up on Twitter. Talk to us on Instagram. We want to know if you want to hear more about this theory because it's a really interesting one. So um, Rand Paul thinks that we may have a new, a new global reserve currency in crypto, but we'll see. So that's going to do it for our buy seller hodl segment this week. Again, do us a big favor. Let us know if you enjoy these segments. Um, but for right now, because we're trying to storm ahead and get this episode um, to you really quick this week before we uh, move things forward and start capturing the next bit of news for our Friday show, the Aftershock segment, um, we're going to dive into a very favorite segment here on the channel. It's called Blockchain Bets. Blockchain Bets. All right. So on Blockchain Bets every single Tuesday, Richard and I typically bring you our picks for what the highest upside plays are going to be in the next week. Again, we just want to remind you, we are simply your crypto commentators, your financial speculators, and all around, we just love crypto. So we want to make sure we're sharing the projects that have caught our eye um, with you. So without much further ado, normally I would be able to give you my picks and Richard's picks, but this week I'm going to bring you two of my picks in each of these categories just so you can see a little bit of what I'm thinking when I'm looking at the market and kind of searching out the opportunities that are more appealing to me. So in our blue chip category this week, which is basically everything from the number one position, Bitcoin, down through the number 25 position in terms of overall market cap. My picks in the blue chip category this week are Cardano and Polkadot. And I'll tell you a little bit about why. Right now, all of the L1s are in an absolute rip. I think that you've seen um, Solana jump 34% in the last week. You've seen Terra Luna jump 34% in the last week. All of these big layer one solutions for web 3.0 um, architecture are pumping right now. That's a really, really good sign for the overall market. So typically, I like to then go look at the other L1s that have not yet had their opportunity to pump. So to me, I see a project like Cardano, who has had an incredible year so far, who has really almost like stabilized around the $2.10 level as a great opportunity for the next big pump. Now, Polkadot as well is another phenomenal project. They are arguably more layer zero than they are layer one, meaning that they're trying to be more interoperable. But Polkadot itself is about to launch into its um, parachain auctions here shortly. 
And that is a huge opportunity for Upside and Polkadot. So I personally see these two as the next big layer one solutions and layer zeros, if you're really getting specific about Polkadot, that are bound to pump. Um, they're going to follow the likes of Solana. They're going to follow the likes of uh, Cosmos. They're even going to be following the likes of Matic here shortly because I believe Matic is currently in its next run. But I see next week as a really prime time for both Cardano and Polkadot to pump. Let's jump into the mid cap. Mid cap is any coin that is ranked between 26 and 100. I went a little bit outside of the 100 for this one because personally, there's one project that just has caught my eye almost like it's in a perfect setup right now. And that's Rally, the coin on the, on the right. Rally is a social token. So basically, it's giving people the opportunity if they're an influencer to launch their own coin on the Rally platform. And essentially, social tokens, in my mind, are the next big wave after we're through with um, the ecosystem plays, all the ones that we just talked about. Because it's an ecosystem in its own right. So in a lot of ways, Rally being an ecosystem gives it a next edge. But a lot of people still believe that decentralized social media and decentralized content is going to be a massive wave for content creators in the future because there's so much censorship in social media as we see it today. Um, that's never been more apparent than right now when you're on YouTube watching this video. If you're watching this after the fact, after we posted it, that's because YouTube has an algorithm that censors a degree of content. Unless you're sitting here liking and subscribing or um, resharing this content, it's going to continue to be suppressed, especially because it's labeled crypto content. So Rally opens that up a lot for the content creator and also allows them to connect on a much better level and integrating with the audience. So it's a really cool project. I think it's got a lot of upside in the next week or so. Uh, keep Rally on your radar, but also... Keep Engine on your radar. Engine is a massive gaming play. Um, they are seen as kind of like the staple of crypto gaming as of right now. They've just got an insane amount of like reserves and are developing some really incredible games that are going to be launching, um, from what I hear, very soon. So gaming is a, one of the narratives that Richard and I have talked about a lot, that Chris and I have talked about a lot on Friday shows. And if you want to be invested in gaming... There is no better project than Engine. It's just too set up for big gains. Lastly, let's jump into microcaps. These two are two of my favorite projects um, out there. And again, they fall into the gaming categories. So in the market caps that are 101 down to 300, we have Superfarm and we have Efinity. Efinity, I want to start with because I just uh, spoke a little bit about Engine Coin and Efinity is the cousin to Engine Coin. Now, you may see a little bit of a trend here because Efinity is a coin that is set to basically stage all of Engine's gaming um, interoperability over on Polkadot. So, I really love the interoperability narrative at large, but I think that Efinity and what they're trying to do with bring NFTs cross platform and especially with like bring games to the forefront um, of the cryptocurrency diatribe. It can be really, really compelling um, to think that Efinity is going to pick up steam here. Currently, it's at a really stable level, but it's starting to show a lot of life in the last like week and a half, two weeks. I would not be shocked if we start to see Efinity make some really big moves in the next week. 
Lastly, I want to talk about Superfarm. Superfarm is a great project that was started by none other than um, Elliot Weinman's team. You may know Elliot from Elio Trades here on YouTube. But Superfarm is essentially a launch pad in a lot of ways for NFT projects and for crypto gaming projects. But beyond that, they're also trying to give people a new way to um, essentially gain APY on their own assets, provide a farming mechanism within the NFT landscape. Personally, I've seen it struggle a bit throughout the last year. There have been three separate times that I've called this project here on uh, Blockchain Bets, and only one of them did it remain stable on the week. That one time happened to be when we were in what we consider the mini bear of the summer. So when I look at Superfarm right now, I'm mostly looking at the TA. I personally think that it is kind of... It's bouncing between two levels of, of support as well as one level of resistance. And when you have strong support, to me, it's looking like a prime, uh, it, that it's primed for a breakout. That means that if it takes one more bounce and then starts to propel itself up to that resistance level and breaks it, it's going to then jump back down and retest that resistance level and hopefully flip it into support. That's a really basic TA understanding of how this kind of works. But the trend itself is very, very bullish right now. And to me, I want to see how that plays out. And across the next week, I'm going to be watching that really, really closely because I think that Superfarm could very easily take off here when we start to see all the NFT projects and the gaming projects begin their next humongous run. And by the way, guys, it's going to be humongous. There's no avoiding it. Gaming is going to be one of the biggest plays in all of crypto going forward. But hey, what do I know? I'm just a crypto commentator. But guys, that's going to do it for Blockchain Bets this week. And that's going to just about wrap it up for us here. We always love to bring you the truly biggest and best content out there in the crypto world. And again, we are here every single week on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern, except for today. And we just want to make sure that you know that we care about what we're putting out there and also that we care about you. As a member of the Cryptocurrent crew, we're always trying to make sure that we're giving you the best that we have and also by staying up on top of all the latest, biggest stories so that you can be sure that you're in it. Here at Cryptocurrent, we love to say that we're all about bridging the gap between those who know very little about cryptocurrency and thought leaders in the space. That's what we're doing. That's what we're going to keep doing. And otherwise, guys, we hope that we'll see you next week for another edition of Cryptocurrent Live. But hey, come back and join us on Friday for that edition of Cryptocurrent Live with my co-host, Chris Corneros. But for now, we'll see you soon. Stay Cryptocurrent. Cryptocurrent.